It's week 10 of the Texas high school football season, and there are a plethora of games that are being played for district championships and playoff seating across the state. Hello, everyone. Ryan Fox here, joined alongside Mr. Kenny Heath. Kenny, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man, and uh, we got a great week. Last week, you know, it's kind of well-known over the state. We had a lot of great games, and I think it's like uh, Mr. Uh, Curtis Quillen said, you'll hear from him in a little bit. We don't have the quantity, but we do have the quality this week. There, there's some quality games across our little area. Yeah, absolutely. And as Kenny said, we have a great slate of guests today. And we'll start here at the end of the segment with Curtis Quillen, the sports director at KSN Channel 6 over in Temple. We'll also have the head coach of the Rosebud Lock Cougars, Brandon Hicks, on today. Also the head coach of the Cameron Yo Yeoman, Rick Rhodes, with his second stint with the Yeoman. We'll visit with him later on as we will preview their game, their big game for the district championship against Franklin later on in the show. Before we get to our Week 10 previews, we will start, as we always do, with our Matt Step question of the week. And our question to Mr. Step this week was, several of the big matchups we had last week in the greater Sentex area have a chance for rematch in the playoffs. Which repeat matchup intrigues you the most? And then Matt Stepp's answer was, quote, China Spring and Stephenville, simply because the first matchup was so good. I think the re- the rematch in the fourth round of the playoffs will be incredible, end quote. And I, I agree with Matt Stepp there. I mean, did, did you see how that game ended, Kenny? Uh, well, I know who Thomas Barr is. He's a heck of a kicker. I didn't get to see – yeah, I, I did see the, the, the last play of the game. And uh, I, I know that's like a low-hanging fruit question <laughs> for Matt because that was a great game and you really oh. want to see it again. But, uh, yeah, what a heck of a game. And it brought a lot of attention to our area. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was even – before the result, it was the game of the week across the entire state. Number one versus number two, both defending 4A state champions mm. playing against each other. And it lived up to the hype, Kenny. 38-36 final. As you mentioned before, Thomas Barr, a 42-yard field goal as time expired to win it. An absolute thrilling matchup. And I, we said it last week as well. I'm going to be genuinely shocked if those two don't meet again in the region final. No, they will. And uh... – it's going to be awesome, and hopefully I'm available to go, go watch that game. You know, crossed. Maybe at Waco ISD or something. Well, maybe not there. Probably up in Frisco. But, yeah, that'll be, uh, that'll be a great one to go watch. And another note from last week, it's not a game that most people talked about simply because of how big the games were last week. But the game I was at and had – I was fortunate to call last week and have been all year to call the University Trojans got a big-time win over Leander Rouse at home, 21-16. And they secured their first playoff berth since 2009. And it was an unbelievable environment. I've never seen a university crowd as pumped as they were towards the end. They got a huge put. Towards the end of the game, Leander Ross drove down to second down and goal. And then they got back-to-back false start penalties Ooh, to push yeah. them back second down and 13. Then university gets a big sack on third down to force fourth and goal from like all the way back at the 25 or something like that. And then they get the huge stop on fourth down with seven seconds left, take the victory formation. And again, secure their first playoff berth since 2009, 13 years since the Trojans have entered playoffs play in class 5A. It's going to be a great match and a big win over Rouse as well, because that sets them up with more favorable playoff seating as well. And they have a chance if Rouse beats Elgin, I, be, I believe this is true. If Rouse beats Elgin next week in week 11, then that'll give University the number two playoff seed, which will put them as the higher seed when pl- when the bi-district round starts two weeks from now. So it huge win for Coach Kent Laster and company. And just think of the turnaround there. Owen 10 in his first year last year, giving up 53 points per game defensively. And just one year, quick turnaround. He has his kids believing believing in his message, keep chopping wood, keep, keep getting better week by week, and it showed the kids bought into it. Huge win against a team that was ranked and favored to win the district at the, be- at the beginning of the year. Kind of falling off now, but, again, huge turnaround and all, all props to Coach Kent Laster and the kids as well. Yeah, that, he's doing a great job, and, you know, it, it may be a long shot. They win this week, then they got a, they got a chance to play for a share of the, the, the district championship against Belton the, the next week. So, yeah, very great story. I'm, I'm sure – the further this goes on, a little bit more co- – they, they deserve – any coverage they get, they deserve. Those kids are uh, – that's awesome. Absolutely. And they will play Thursday night this week. Uh, this game isn't on our previews, but they will be playing Thursday night this week. They'll be at Pflugerville Connolly. 
a game that I'll be at broadcasting for on Star 104.9 in Waco. And, you know, this Pflugerville Connolly team, they've been lowly all year. They're 0-8 on the season. Last week, they lost 50-18 to to Colleen Chaparral, which, by the way, was Colleen Chaparral's first win in program history. So congratulations to the Bobcats on that as well. You know, it's not going to be long before Coach Hare has that. That dude's a good coach. I mean, that's He's going to have him. Ball. It's the type of offense that is, too. It, it It's not something that you can perfect overnight. I mean, you know, it, that old wing tee, slot tee, very old school. It's it's something that literally takes from middle school on. A, yeah, I think that's perfect. the thing. You need to get, install that in your seventh mm-hmm. graders or in, yep. heck, maybe even your peewee. Yep. And just by the time they are sophomores or juniors, they know that playbook and those blocking assignments and, mm-hmm. you know, like the back of their hand. Yeah, absolutely. That program is going to be on the up and up here pretty soon because it's – it's we know Alan Hare is a great coach and his his history reflects that he's going to have that program right in no time as long as he sticks with it and the kids buy into that system because kids nowadays they want to you know they want to fling it around air raid you know catch for 100 yards just fly all over the field that's a that's a type of offense that takes a lot of discipline and a lot of you know precision in that type of offense as well but coach Allen Hare will get that down as well but again their first win in program history last week over Pflugerville Connolly so congratulations to the Bobcats there and that's a that's a look at how last week went do you have some yeah let's look at Wes and Grandview and you know I was okay, really yeah, surprised right. yeah uh you know one of the keys I had is can Wes control the clock and run the ball and they could mm-hmm. and they also had big scoring play you know the first second play of the game took it 80 yards uh, for a touchdown Grandview scored, and then they returned a kick for a touchdown, and it was off to the races after that. Uh, kudos to Coach Woodard, man. What what a great program he has over there. And, and we we talked uh, to Coach uh, Ebner over there at Grandview. He's got a great program. Uh, but, you know, West defense is just – man, they will I mean, stifle you, and it's crazy what that, they can do. That defense is legit, man. They've given up 30 points in the last five or six games. It's unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> just – Especially at the three A level, where you know it's there aren't many elite defenses that put up those kind of numbers. That's just amazing to see, and a credit to that coaching staff and the kids as well. You know, and a big win. I mean, that secured that virtually secured the district championship oh, yeah. for the Trojans yeah. for sure. For sure. And then, I guess we could talk about that Franklin Arena game as well. It was competitive for mostly, but Franklin pulled away at the end, Kenny. Yeah, it's kind of. You know, I picked Lorena because I thought maybe Franklin was right for the pick. And just, you know, not because Lorena's so much better, but, you know, they, they're on a pretty good little win streak. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, it's hard. It's going to be hard to pick against Franklin the rest of the way. The, you know, those dudes are just stud. You know, Bryson Washington, Jaden Jackson. I don't. I mean, Bryson Washington had a ton of yards rushing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, Franklin got it done. And they're not going anywhere either. Like you said, that Jackson kid's a sophomore. A lot of their linemen are they're young across the board as well. That their Coach Fan and squad is not going anywhere. And so that will probably wrap it up. Those are some of the big games and the big takeaways from week nine of the Texas high school football season. As we mentioned before, a great slate of games. We talked about it last week, and virtually all of them lived up to the billing. It was a great slate of games last week. Really, really fun to see and to keep up with. And so, again, that, that's a, kind of our look back to last week. And uh, before we head over to our Week 10 previews, as we mentioned before, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the sports director at KCEN Channel 6 over in Temple, Mr. Curtis Quillen, and we'll have that for you right now. All right. I'm here with Curtis Quillen, the sports director at KCEN TV Channel 6 in Waco. Curtis, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Hey man, thanks for hopping on. Uh, first, let's let's talk about last week's game and uh, what really stood out for you. You know, there's some obvious things, but anything else catch your eye? Uh, obviously, West over Grandview again. I think proves what David Woodard is building there uh, in West. I mean, that's a program that really wasn't doing too well whenever he took over the head coaching uh, gig, and now they're rolling. I don't know when the last time they lost to Grandview was honestly um and so I think they've got a really good shot at making another run and just being a consistent threat there in three division one region two um China Spring being able to overcome some interesting decisions I'll describe it against Stephenville and still you know walk it off on the leg of your probably all-state kicker yeah that, um, that is, kid's a stud man that, kid, that kid's a stud he's gonna go he's gonna kick on saturdays and probably for someone at, at the higher levels of college football 
Uh, best kicker I've seen since uh, probably Logan Smith at Belton back in 2018, who hit a 51-53 yarder against uh, against Temple to send it to a triple to a third overtime, and then um, that one was really big because I think they meet again, and that's going to be a fun matchup between China Spring and Stevenville if they play a second time. Uh, I really thought that Lorena surprised me. Yes, Lorena lost to Franklin, but. They kept that thing close throughout. I got there, it was uh, 21-14 Franklin, and it was tied at 21 at the half. And I was very impressed with the way that the uh, Lorena offense looked in that game when I was there. But, uh, you know, Franklin and Bryson Washington are just too much to overcome, and they proved it. And so I think Franklin's got a legitimate shot at winning that district. Um I think Lorena's got a legitimate shot at making a run and running into Cameron Yo again uh, in the third round. And I think that there's a realistic chance we see all four teams from that district or three out of four in the regional semifinals. Um, And I think that can't be overstated how big that was for Lorena, even in a losing effort. But then the one that stands out to me as the most impactful, man, I got to say, Brian over Midway was something I didn't see coming, at least not by that dominant of an effort. And obviously with 6A being the only one not pre-split before the season starts, and you don't split Division One, Division Two, and so you get your 14 playoff field for each district, uh, one thing that we all need to keep in mind is Temple needs two out of either two of the following three schools to make it to go Division Two, and that is Midway, Hutto, and Brian. Mm. Well, <laughs> Brian's probably in. Hutto's out. Hutto uh, maybe mathematically isn't eliminated, but realistically, Hutto is out. And so you need Midway to get into the playoffs. And that, if Midway loses to Weiss, obviously their season's done. But so you know they're they're out of the playoffs. So that locks Temple into Division One at that point. Which you know instead of playing schools like DeSoto, you're playing schools like Duncanville. Uh, and so it, it makes it a run a lot harder, something that's illustrated by when you look at what Katie has done the last four or five years, when they've gone Division One, they've made it to the third round, which is a really good, really, really good run in the playoffs to get to the, you know, the regional semifinal, and then they lose to Galena Park North Shore. Uh, they go Division Two in 2020, and they win the whole dang thing. And so... I think that that Brian result could wind up, we when we look at it, being one of the most impactful in the uh, local playoff race. Man, that was some great stuff. Appreciate it. So, looking forward to this week. Uh, you know, cup not not near as uh, good as last week, and probably not near as good as next week when you have a a bunch of games that are going to you know decide seating and stuff. But who, who do you, uh, what are you looking for this week? Who do you got on your radar? Rosebud Lot Marlin is a fascinating game to me. Uh, that game being for second place is not something I saw coming. You know, when we made Rosebud Lot and Greasel our game of the week several weeks back, one of the reasons we did it was we thought that would be for a playoff spot. We thought that that might be for fourth place because we at, at, at Channel Six we thought that okay, Bosqueville will get this thing figured out. They're mm-hmm. very very young up front. That leads to some issues early in the season, but if there's a coach in this area I've got faith in, it's it's Bosqueville's Clint Sander. Mm -hmm. Well, now Bosqueville has to beat Valley Mills on Friday to stay alive with the magic number of two, which is Bosqueville wins plus Riesel losses is what has to be two for Bosqueville to get in. If Bosqueville stubs its toe or if Riesel upsets Crawford, Bosqueville's out. And so that district got really interesting, and I think it would... You know, I hear this term used at the college level, proof of concept. You know, they made Rosebud Lot snuck into the playoffs last year and needed help to do it in week 11. But this year, they're, they're comfortably in, and now they're playing for second place in the district, which I don't think any of us saw coming. When the season started, I thought we would see the Cougars finish in third or fourth, which would be a great season because that's a t- town that's struggled in football in recent years. Uh, other games that are really fascinating to me, um, our game of the week is Gatesville and Robinson. And this doesn't see, this doesn't jump off the page as a, as a great game of the week, but then when you start looking at that district, Gatesville's win over Salado, Salado's win over Robinson, and the fact that those three have a combined two district wins at the moment 
really make this one interesting because Salado's off. So if Robinson beats Gatesville at home on senior night, it's a three-way tie for third in the district, and it's a five-team district. So one of those three misses in that three-way tie. And it's something that we've seen play out in District 5-4A Division One before China Spring dropped to Division Two for a couple of years with, you know, China Spring, Brownwood, and I can't remember who the third team in there was. I want to say Alvarado, um, but I could be totally wrong on that. The And so it just proves how competitive that district is, but also, like, this could get really hairy in the final couple of weeks. We could see this district go to points, and then it's, it comes down to district bylaws as to who gets in at that moment. And so that's fascinating to me. Academy Rockdale is interesting to me uh, because Academy is – finally starting to look like the team we expected Academy to look like at the beginning of the season. But Rockdale is also one of the most tested teams in 3A Division One this season. They, that non-district schedule they played was brutal. Uh, and I know Jacob Campsey's not going to back down from anyone in a non-district slate. And they, they did really good things in that non-district, but they're struggling to get the wins in the left column in Rockdale, Texas right now. Um, and this this win, if they can get it, could be for a playoff spot, and it could send Academy to basketball season uh, a couple of weeks earlier than than anyone expected the yeah, yeah. to be there. That would be really, you know, I I thought they were going to finish second in that district. Uh, yeah. I thought they might have knocked Lorena down a notch, but uh, yeah, you know, it's strange things happen when you're dealing with sixteen and seventy year old kids in three A football, right? Exactly, and then when you look at the six man ranks is with, with more interesting games. Uh, I can't overstate what Abbott is doing. Oh, man. Um, I feel like that is one of the most dominant efforts in all of Texas high school football right now. I was looking at it last night and look, going over it with our, with our own Nicole Sheard and, you know, just looking at the score lines. When's the last time they played a second half? Have they played one this season? I don't know. Well, you know, we were going to, you know, we really don't cover six men, but when Borden County, the game they had with them, and then Borden County lost the week before, we're like, well, this isn't even going to be a game because – They'll blow them out, which they did. They fortified them pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And they have not – Abbott has not allowed a point since September 13th. <laughs> it's insane. It was September 16th. It's insane. Oh, uh, it's one of the most dominant efforts. And then Jonesboro May being a district ball game this year. That game's on Friday. Guys, it, it, there is, there's so much good football this week. If it, it, Yes, it's not a very deep week like last week was. Last week was the deepest week of the season on the schedule. But that top layer is as good as any week this season if you understand what some of these games mean. Uh, Midway Weiss in Pflugerville Friday night could be for a playoff spot. If University gets past Pflugerville Connolly, which it should – then University can win a share of the District 11 5A Division II title next week at Belton. Um, Belton can clinch a share of the district title with a win over Chaparral, which it should get. There's that, that top layer of games this season, if you understand the meaning behind it, is as good as any other week during this 2022 high school football season. Yeah, and, you, awesome. and uh, Rogers uh, Lexington, that's going to be a good one to, to keep yeah. on because. You know, Rogers. I think they got a really good team. They had a few hiccups down the road, but that, that'll be a good one to watch. Yeah, and that's a, and that's a likely district championship game. Obviously, there's still you know week eleven to be played, so the word likely is important there. Doing a lot of heavy lifting, but I think realistically, this is for the one seed, and this is to you know to wear your home unis uh, in the regional final because you look at three division two region four. Yeah, there's that top layer in that region, and all those you know district champs and some of the two seats are going to be very very good but you know i think rogers has fared historically well against region four it's fared better in region four than it did in region two whenever it was running into gunner in the playoffs and that is something that i think sets up well for lexington and for Rodgers, and I think that there is a realistic chance we see these these two sets of Eagles playing again uh, in the regional final. Yeah, I agree. That's awesome. Hey, man, great stuff. Uh, sorry it took us so long to get you on here, but uh, we definitely maybe playoff time get you back on here. Uh, we appreciate you hopping on, man. Yeah, of course. I, I, I love talking high school football. I appreciate you guys having me. And that was Kenny's interview with the sports director at KCEN Channel 6 over in Temple, Mr. Curtis Quillen. Thank you again to Curtis for joining us on today's episode. And now let's move on, Kenny, to our Week 10 previews. And we'll start with the game on our, in our own backyard here. 6-2 and two Grandview Zebras visiting Wildcat Stadium to take on the 6-2 and two Whitney Wildcats. Well, 
You know, looking at Grandview last week, they gave up a lot of points. I think the defense is a lot better than what you saw against yeah. West. That probably says more about West than it does Grandview. I think so. And I think the key here, if you're Grandview, they're cornerbacks. And Coach Ebner likes them. You know, he, he called his freshman a lockdown corner. Whitney's got some good receivers. So, mm-hmm. I think if Seeley, the sophomore quarterback, gets a little bit of time, he may be able to get some yards. Uh, maybe, you know, that third or fourth receiver because they're going to they're gonna go three, four, five wide sometimes and find that mismatch that you like. Maybe a, a Caden Tanner on a linebacker or something like that. But, you know, you look at Grandview, you know, Ryder Hayes, uh, Casey Cannon, uh, Castillo, Case and English, they've got weapons all over the place. Whitney gave up 20, 28 points to Maypro last week. I don't think Coach Hayes was happy about that. No. Uh, you know, Maypro's been down. Their coach resigned Monday. They probably had some new blood. You know, they got uh, some, maybe some. Uh, got rejuvenation. Yes, yeah, a little bit of rejuvenation, but still, mm-hmm. you know, I think he, uh, I don't think he liked the way the defense performed, so. Uh, you know, Whitney's got some weapons, you know, the, the mm-hmm. you know, Weasel. Weasel, uh, you know, yep. we know him as Weasel, a little running back. He doesn't look like he uh, would be on a, a varsity squad, but the kid has, has heart and he does not give up and he will run and run and run. One of the top receivers in the area and Jared Anderson, you know, he's a, mm-hmm. he's a really good kid. He plays about a half every, the last couple of games because of this district they're in. Uh, Mason Seeley is a sophomore quarterback. He's had a few hiccups along the way. Expected but the for dude, a young but he can sling the ball, man. And he, it, when he doesn't get flustered, if you watch him, it looks like he's been out there for three years. I mean, he is calm, cool, collective. You uh, me- and you mentioned before he leads the area in touchdown passes at twenty-seven, so he can sling it in his first year of varsity. And, and you know, a lot of that skill and a lot of that some of the competition he's been playing. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, a lot of times they haven't even been throwing really throwing the ball in the second mm-hmm. half a whole lot. Uh, and you know. Uh, Whitney's defense, they're going to have to just step up to the challenge because mm-hmm. they played well early, you know, kind of not so well last week if you're talking to Coach Change, I would think. And then, uh, you know, their offense really got to limit mistakes. You're going to have to be firing on all cylinders, mm-hmm. no turnovers. And, uh, you know, I just – I'm a homer, but I, I'm going to – I think Grandview's going to uh, be a little pissed off. and they're, they're That's probably, exactly they're what I was going to say. Yeah, they're, they're definitely not happy after – not only the fact they lost at home last week, but how they lost. Yeah. They're going to be very, very pissed off. And – Come here, and they've had their more recent success in the series. Granby's taken five of the last seven games of this mm-hmm. series, you know, and they know that. Whitney knows that as well. But it's going to be a dogfight, especially every time they play in Whitney, it seems to be a dogfight as well. But I think this will be a high-scoring game. I think I think both teams' defenses at the same time – I know it's kind of a – different or like opposite but it's like I think both defenses will step up and play better than they did last week but at the same time I think there will be a lot of points scored in this game too again I know that's weird to say but you you kind of get what I'm trying to say yeah and, and this is you know Whitney gets beat mm-hmm. I don't think it's that bad because mm-hmm. it's kind of getting them ready for a playoff caliber team you know football because yeah. both these teams haven't had much competition that's just the the weakness of this district yeah. you know it's just the uh, I don't want to use the word handicap, but a better term eludes me. You know that the competition that you played just isn't very good, so it's hard to prepare for playoff contention later on down the road. So this is a big game for both teams. Do both both these teams are playoff caliber completely? They're both six and two. Both only one loss in district play. And both teams only lost in district play is the West. So you know they're very even across the board. I, I think. I think with Grandview just coming in, given the recent history and just how they lost last week, they're going to be looking to bounce back in a big way. I hate to say it, but I'm going to take Grandview on the road. Well, and you know, the last two years that I've watched this game, Grandview just came out licking their chops, and Whitney really looked like they weren't prepared. You know, uh, I think two years in a row, last year and the year before, Whitney got delay game penalties on the first play of the game, mm-hmm. their first yep, play. That's, that's exactly right. And, uh, you know, hopefully Whitney comes out more prepared and those kids are ready to go too. And I think there will be, but I just think, Grammy, maybe a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree as well. So we both have – I think – I don't think it will be a blowout by any means. I think it could be a 7-14 to 14 type game. But I hate to say it, but I think Grammy's going to take this one. 
So we'll move on to our next game, staying in Class 3A, moving down to Division 2. The 8-0 Lexington Eagles, ranked number 9 in the state, will be taking on the 6-2 Rogers Eagles. And this is another ball game here, Kenny, that will be uh, one of three games that we'll preview, that this one is for the district championship. Yeah, and you just look at Lexington. They're just loaded, man. Uh, Case Evans, he's thrown for 2,000 yards and 20 mm-hmm. touchdowns. they got a good running back in Dalen Washington that he runs the ball well. He's got over 500 yards rushing. He's got over almost 800 yards receiving, mm-hmm. uh, 19 total touchdowns uh, receiving and rushing. Uh, a good wide receiver in Garrett uh, Schneider, 520 for 5 TDs. Pretty good offense there. Yeah, they've scored 46 points per game in, in district play. But also, <laughs> their defense has only given up 13 points total Dude, in district play some, as well. Yeah, they got some studs up. So, McMillan, Kerr, 96 and 81 tackles. Then you look at Magnuson, nine sacks, 13 and a half tackles for loss. Unbelievable. I mean, the Lexington, their strength on both sides of the ball is always up front, the defensive and offensive lines. And they're so big. They're so big for, you know – I mean, size-wise for Class 3A level. And that helps them, and that's why their run game is so good. And But they actually they do throw it a lot more, as you said, 2,000 passing yards. And it's just – I think Rodgers, you know, they were – they were they started off pretty strong in district play. They are undefeated. But I'm kind of some questions. They struggled with a – with a uh, Buffalo team that I believe was only at 500 last week or the week before. Or they, no, they were they were four and three because they're four and four now. So, but still, it's a team that they probably should have beaten pretty comfortably, and they only won sixteen to thirteen. And with Lexington just being a bowling ball throughout the district, I think Lexington wins pretty handily here, Kenny. Yeah, and I got all the confidence in the world in Coach Roten and his guys over there. But I just think you know it's just one of those years where Lexington's probably just a better team in the district, and uh, and you know, and I have no doubt that. Uh, if Rodgers gets that second seed, they're going to make some noise in the playoffs. Yeah, I agree as well. Both teams are really, really good. You know, Rodgers, they started off 3-0, but then they had kind of a two-game tumble to fall to 3-2. But again, since District started 3-0, and they've been pretty dang good. So this will be a really fun matchup. Both, But in the battle of the Eagles here, Kenny, I'm going to take Lexington on the road. Yeah, and I'm excited to, to finally get the preview a Lexington game you know they really hadn't had a whole lot you know they're kind of outside we'll, our area we'll probably we'll probably be talking about them a little bit come playoff yeah, time and I got Lexington too and uh, I love co- co- interviewing coach Roden was awesome he's mm-hmm. a great dude yep but I think Lexington takes this one I agree as well and now our next game a battle for the number two playoff seat out of this district down in class 2A division one Rosebud Lot at six and two will be on the road to Legion Stadium to take on the Marlin Bulldogs 4-4. Four and four. But before we dive into this one, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Rosewood Lock Cougars, Coach Brandon Hicks. Here's Kenny's interview with Coach Hicks. All right, I'm here with Coach Brandon Hicks. He is the football coach and athletic director at Rosebud Lock. Coach, how are you doing? I'm great. I'm doing great. It's a big week, uh, a little bit cooler weather. It feels like football rather in October, so I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, finally feels like football. This may be the first time we got to wear sleeves to a game this Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the kids will be excited. They can finally put on all their Under Armour stuff and all that. <laughs> there and, you uh, go. You know, you can wear some sleeves as a coach and not be drenched in pregame, so that's always fun. Yeah, awesome. Hey, Coach, let's go back to 2020 when you got the job. Uh, a couple of things was going on there. Of course, we had the – all the uh, the shutdown, or you know, the earlier in the year, the the last school year, the pandemic, the COVID, and then actually, you were what the third coach that some of those kids have had in the last three years. So, how hard was it getting in twenty twenty and, and trying to get a program started? I mean, it, it's difficult. Um, there's no doubt that COVID, you know, represented and and uh, brought along some separate challenges. But it, it's definitely difficult when you go into place and you know they've won. One game in two years, I think they were one in nineteen. And um, anybody that tells you, you know, you can just come in and sprinkle magic dust and and uh, everything is great is a liar. So it, it's it's kind of one of those deals where you've got to establish your culture from the ground up. So um, that's something we tried to focus on with the little things in the weight room and the, and the the kind of things that you know you you don't always see right away in year one. And um, to me, a lot of those things have kind of come come to fruition over the last three years and, and it's great to see the kids buying into it and that's that's when it gets a little bit more fun when the kids kind of see results of the small things and you don't have to 
harp on getting in that extra lift and getting in the weight room. So, um, no, it's been a, it's been a great deal. And, uh, those kids, you know, at the end of the day, you love to see them have success. And, uh, you know, winning is something that you know, I've been a part of programs, you know, prior to Rosebud a lot, we, I was in George West and, uh, it was a very similar situation. They had a, they had some rough seasons before and, um, winning is, is something that you got to kind of learn how to do. And uh, we were able to put together, you know, four 10-win years in a row there. And um, once it once it kind of starts working and they see the results and they start learning how to win, it's one of those things on the sideline, hey, you know, you, you never feel out of a game. You know, you're going to continue to play even when you have some adversity and some stuff, some obstacles hit you in the face. You continue just to play snap after snap. And it may not always come out the way you want it, but, you know, if your kids are playing every single play and always believe they have a chance, then, then you're doing something right. Well, yeah, and I think you're doing something right because you know you started out three and six last year, six and five made the playoffs. Now you're you've already equaled your win total for last year at six and two. So definitely looks like you got them headed in the right direction, and that's great for you and those kids. Uh, looking at your your offensive side of the ball, it looks like you got a really good quarterback in Kyle Finnan. He can throw the ball and he also rushes the ball very well. And you got a good running back in uh, Moses Fox. Tell us a little bit about your offense and and what kind of system you're using over there. So we're we're real multiple, and um, you know I've I've cut my teeth on uh, the old Hal Mummy and uh, Tony Franklin system. That's kind of what I grew up in. So I was a, I was a spread guy at heart, and uh, went up to played my ball at West Texas A&M. So that's kind of the whole Mike Leach era and all oh, that yeah. good stuff. And so you know I learned throughout my career though you, you don't want to try to fit a, a square peg in a round hole. And so um, you know going in Kyle, you know shoot. You know, teaching him a three-step drop in week two or week three of this year's season was <laughs> represented some challenges. You know, because <laughs> the kid is he's you know he's never played quarterback before this year, and uh, you know kind of got forced into that role uh, with an injury to Jamarcus Johnson early in the year, and um, so you have to kind of try to tailor your offense to what your kids do. And um, we've got a lot of skill kids that can run. Um, we're not big, you know. We're gonna walk, we're gonna come out on the field, and, and you know, nine times out of ten, you're gonna look across, and we're. Gonna, we're going to be outweighed by 40 pounds in every position. But, um, you know, one thing we try to do is put our kids in a good spot and um, and have a chance for success. I mean, I've always said if I go in and have to game plan and have to prepare to stop four kids or five kids, that's a that's a lot taller task to ask than, you know, hey, you got one stud and you know that he's going to get 28 carries a game. So that's something we try to do. Um, we got Breon Lewis on the outside, and Jamarcus Johnson is kind of our Swiss Army knife. You know, he's a – D1, D1 prospect and we can move him all over the field and he kind of he, he doesn't always get as much credit because you know he'll draw those double teams and, and he'll draw a lot of attention on pushes from the defense so it's something that hey you know if they're going to spend two guys on him somebody else is going to step up and have a good game like last week you know he went down with a minor injury and uh, Jaden Thomas on the other side they're doubling Brian Lewis so Jaden Thomas is a first year starter for us as a junior and he uh, he stepped up with a couple big touchdown catches on the outside but uh no i think uh, it's one of those things where we, we try to we do a lot of lateral movement you know with motions and jet game try to keep the t- uh, defense honest and, and the more the more you can do that to me the more success you're going to have Man, there's a lot of talent down that 77 corridor. You know, from I was just coming up there the other day. Uh, we were down on the coast fishing, and you, you hit uh, Rockdale, Cameron, Rosebud, Lodd, in the Robinson. But there's a lot of good football down that highway. Uh, you have Marlin this week. Uh, how are you feeling? Uh, and what are you expecting out of the Bulldogs? They're a good football team. Uh, very good football team. Um, you know, they uh... – they, uh, their offense, they've got, you know, kind of like I was saying, you got a lot of kids that you can use, and they do. And, you know, they're looking at, I don't think their running back has played since week one, you know, uh, Trey John Butler. And uh, they've got several kids that can step up and tote the rock. And uh, they do a good job of spreading the ball around and kind of rotating ball carriers and getting the ball in different people's hands. And so they're, uh, they're a good team, very good team, uh, physical, fast, all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of what you want to see. And uh, for us, it's a great deal because – you get to go in and see that kind of stuff in a, in a week nine game, you know, and it kind of gets you prepared for, uh, for hopefully what you want, you know, a deep playoff run. And, uh, you know, going in and, and seeing teams where, you know, hey, you're, you're beating them by 40, you're beating them by 50, and you're not seeing that until week, you know, round two, round three, you know, that can be a little bit tough to adjust to that speed. So it's a great challenge for us. And uh, one thing, you know, hey, it's two-way football, so, you know, 
we've got our fair share. At, at the same time, we're trying to stay healthy, and we had a couple a uh, couple of key injuries last week, and um, so it's another opportunity for some kids who haven't gotten a chance to uh, really showcase their abilities and show us what they can do, and if they can step up in that kind of game, it'll be a great opportunity for those kids. And I've always said sometimes that's a blessing in disguise. You know, and you, you find something out of a kid that you know hey you hadn't seen before, and you put them in a, a stress situation like that where. You know they have an opportunity to step up, and that's what you know, that's what I'm hoping a few of our kids are going to do this week. Absolutely. Hey, coach, we appreciate you hopping on. We know you got a, a, a busy uh, week ahead of you. Uh, we wish you all the luck. We hope uh, y'all uh, have a great game, and, and uh, everybody uh, comes out there in, injury free. And hopefully, we'll get to talk to you on down the line around the playoffs. Sounds great, man. I appreciate you, Kenny. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Rosebud Lock Cougars, Coach Brandon Hicks. Thanks again to Coach Hicks for joining us today. And now looking at this game, Kenny, Rosebud Lot again at 6-2, and two, Marlin at 4-4. Four and four. But as you and I know, Marlin is a lot better than that 500 record would suggest. Yeah, and, you know, we've talked about it before. Uh, coach Torres mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, going into, I guess, Crawford game. He thought, you know, everybody's healthy. We're right where we want to be, and they they played Crawford really well, probably the closer, best closer than anyone else. Anybody has. else? Uh, you know, of course they've got Woodson as their quarterback. Uh, thirteen hundred sixty-five yards, thirteen touchdowns, and he can run the ball. Three hundred fifty-eight mm-hmm. yards, another five. Hopwood has run the ball really well. Uh, Zoe Lofton, five sixty-seven and seven TDs, and they got a, a sophomore that is really good on defense in Tyron Bell with eighty-three tackles. So a lot like the last game we just talked about, Lexington and Rogers. This is a battle for the number two playoff seed. Out of this district because both teams only have one district loss and that's Crawford. Yep. And Crawford is a prohibitive favorite to at the very least win the region championship here. So again, there's no no shame in that. But then, but this is a big game for both teams. Both teams have been playing really good football, especially as of late. And in two way, you know, especially in this region, having the number two playoff seed as a as opposed to the number three playoff seed really does make a difference in your path here, Kenny. Yeah, and you know, Rosebud, they man, they've got some guys on, on offense that can play. You know, Kyle mm-hmm. Finnan, their quarterback, he's thrown for almost seven hundred yards, but he's he's rushed for eight hundred and fifty. Yeah. So he's a true dual threat guy and it's gonna be interesting how Mar uh, Marlin's defense and defends him. And, you know, Moses Fox, he's rushed for six hundred yards and five touchdowns. They got a wide receiver in Lewis with five forty two and seven touchdowns. So Two pretty good offenses. Let's see who can play some defense here. I think is the key. Yeah, absolutely. And again, as you mentioned before, Marlin is kind of starting to get into the groove of being at full strength. They're at full health. Pretty virtually everyone's back. They're still a little dinged up, it's, you know. But I think this will be a great game, Kenny. But Marlin at home, I I think Marlin's playing their best football right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Marlin here at home, Kenny. Yeah, and I agree. You know, Marlin really. You know, they, they had a rough pre-district schedule, and they, and they didn't do well. And mm-hmm. Coach Torres told us, hey, that's what we wanted. We want to get tested early. And then you, you roll into Crawford, and you play them well, and now they're on a pretty good run. You know, Rixel scored a few points against them, but who knows, that's trash time or whatever. Shut out uh, Bruce Valetti, which unfortunately is not saying much. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I got Marlon. Uh, I think they're just going to be too dynamic on offense. I think they're just going to probably score – too many points. I, I agree completely. And that's, again, that's no knock to Rosebud Law. This will be a really good game. I think it will be competitive for most of the route, but I think Marlin at home will pull away towards the end. And so now we'll stay in Class 2A, but now down to Division 2. This is a fun one, Kenny. 8-0 Mart versus 8-0 Dawson. And this is a game that, for the district championship here, and what really intrigues me about this matchup is that it's in Dawson, and then looking at Dawson, they're probably the surprise of Central Texas, if, if you ask me. I mean, who would have ex- expected their freshman quarterback, Brant Boatwright, to come out and throw for 1,200, y- y- over 1,200 yards and 20 touchdowns to lead Dawson to an 8-0 start? Definitely not me. <laughs> yeah, I guess they stopped putting his stats in, but I think he's way over 1,200 now. He was 1,200 12, mm-hmm. game four. But, you know, they've got like a four-headed monster there and, and Brant Boatwright and uh, the Springer, the running back, and they got a good pair of receivers in Easley and Johnson. Uh, a great guy on defense in McCormick with 104 tackles. And, you know, it's that's more than 10 tackles a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Coach Thompson, you know, 
you kind of you're kind of surprised that Dawson is doing this well. But if you follow Coach Thompson's career, you know he's he's won wherever he's been. And I think back in the day, uh, a couple years ago, he moved back to the area because his parents are here. His son's the offensive coordinator. It's a fun team to watch. I've seen their highlights. They, they really spread the ball around and they like to go deep. Uh, but <laughs> let's go back to Mark, and you got Jonah Ross who has thrown for. 1355 and 19 touchdowns. He runs the ball for 610 and 11. They got a great running back in JD Bell, 877 yards, 16 touchdowns. Wide receiver Lundy with four. You know, you can just go all, you know, go down the list. They're just, they're studs. And, and on defense, uh, Abram Ross, 82 tackles, nine tackles for losses. Monte Swainer, 16 tackles for losses. They're giving up six points a game. <laughs> and also, they're scoring 54 per game. So I think that's a. 54 points per game offensively, about six given up. I think that's I think that's a pretty good football team. Yeah, game. pretty good. And that's just Mark, dude. That's normal. That is not. They, this is nothing out of the nor- out of the ordinary for Mark to just roll up to your stadium and blank. I mean, they're just. It's just a, a great story. It's a great town. It's a great history of what they have going on in that area. Yeah, they're a bullet train, absolutely, and. I mean, looking at all of 2A Division Two, is there really anyone that can stop them, like, pri- prior to round four, prior to the semis? We asked Matt that. I forgot who he had. He had somebody, uh, maybe. T- no, I don't think it was Timson, but, man, if I'm yeah, – Timson's I'm, Division One. If, yeah, that's right. If I'm a money man, I, I'm putting my money on Mark to win it all this year. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. I think they're still pissed from a couple – you know. Yeah, they but, lost in the semis yeah, last year. And too. then the year before, they lost in the state championship. So, I think Coach Hoppins, he's ready to – Put another one on the wall. So, yeah, so we've mentioned before both teams are 8 0. This is for the district championship. I mean, Dawson's got a high flying offense. Their defense is pretty solid, too, giving up just under 20 points per game. But Mart's a bullet train, man. I mean, I think. I think Mart's going to roll into Dawson and this battle unbeatens. I think they're just going to continue to roll, Kenny. I agree. I got, I got Mart. Yeah, but it, it, it'll be exciting. I think this will be close. Mostly, maybe in the first half, it's just can Dawson's defense, you know, force a couple turnovers, try to get Mark because the first thing Mark wants to do is run the football. So if Dawson can somehow take that away, and you know, somehow make Mark one-dimensional, I know that's a Herculean task, but if they can do it. They might have a chance here. But again, I think Mark rolls in this one as well. And then our fifth and final game of the week, ten Pickums, as we took a look at another district championship game. The 6-2 Cameron Yo Yeoman will roll on down to Brazos County to take on the 8-0 Franklin Lions coming off a big 49-35 win against Lorena. Before, but before we dive into this one, Kenny had a chance to sit down with the head coach of the Yeoman, Coach Rick Rhodes, and we'll have that for you right now. All right, we're here with Coach uh, Rick Rhodes, head football coach, athletic director of the Cameron Yeoman. Coach, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? We're doing good, Coach. We th- we know you're getting pulled every which way. This, this is a big week for you, and we really appreciate you uh, hopping on. Uh, first question is, uh, how's it feel to be back in Cameron? I talked to Coach uh, uh, Beaumar at Grossbeck, and, you know, he came back to Grossbeck, and he said, well, it feels good. Everybody's a lot older than they were when I left. It's not really the case for you. You were only gone for a couple of years. No, it's, you know, it, it's, it's great to be back. I mean, I... When I left here, you know, I never thought I'd get the opportunity to come back and coach here again. And, uh, you know, thankfully I was, I was given that opportunity. And, and uh, it's, it's, you know, Cameron's a great community. Uh, you know, it's got a great football tradition. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's great. You know, like I said, it's, it's really great. A lot of my, you know, a lot of my kids live around here. So my family's close. My grandkids are close. So, it, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to be back in Cameron. Okay, good. I, I had a chance to watch your Lorena game, and uh, man, it, it was a good one. And going into that, so you had a kickoff return for a touchdown, and an interception return for a touchdown. It's kind of a two-part question. Going into that game, you know, facing a highly ranked Lorena team, did you kind of think, hey, we're going to need that type of score to, for us to, you know? I, I don't know that I went in thinking we're going to need that type of score. I mean, you know, we. Obviously, we work we work a lot on our kickoff return, and and uh, you know it's been very successful for us, not only this year but you know in years past as well. And and obviously, you know, I mean, we work on defense, and and we do you know 
we throw the ball a lot, so our defense gets to see, you know, gets to see a lot of passing. And so I think that helped, you know, as far as picking the ball off. And, and so, but just going into the game thinking we had to make those kind of plays, no, I didn't think that. And let's go back to your special teams. I've I've heard of uh, teams working on special teams during their class period, or, or working on it uh, on a Thursday, or working on it every day. How do you do that there, Cameron? How, how's your practice we, we go with special teams? We spend a lot teams? of time on it. We spend a lot of time on it. We work on we work on special teams every day, in, in some way or another. And so uh, you know, it's something that's very very important to me. I really believe that you know early in the year. You're going to win games because of special teams. And then I think later on in the year when two good teams match up, I think, you know, I think the game's going to be won or lost probably on a special teams play. So we spend a lot of time on special teams here in Cameron. Okay, Coach, going through your stats, uh, you know, I don't know how accurate uh, your max prep stats are, but, you know, you've you got a great quarterback in Braylon Drake that he re- looks like he really takes care of the ball. Uh, Kadarius Bradley and uh, – Trey John Wilcox, both those guys have returned kicks for you to touchdowns. But if you look on the, the defensive side of the ball, you, you've got a tackling machine in Corey Hardeman, and it looks like that uh, Keyshawn Johnson is just a really good uh, tack, defensive guy that gets a, a couple of sacks. You know, he's, he can sack the quarterback, and he gets a few tackles for losses each game. Tell us about your defense. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you touched on those two guys are playing really good football for us right now. Corey is, is one of our safeties. And uh, he does a great job, you know, not only in pass coverage, but coming up supporting the run. Keyshawn, Keyshawn is a, a you know, uh, he came up as a running back. And uh, we asked him to play defensive line this year, and he's done a fantastic job and, and kind of been the leader of our defense. And so I'm really, really proud of both of those guys. They've done a, they've done a great job for us. You know, Corey kind of setting a, the tone in our secondary. Keyshawn, you know, kind of solidifying our defensive front. You got Franklin this week. I know when the season started, uh, a lot of people probably circled a few district games, and uh, this is definitely one of them for y'all. Uh, how are you feeling going into this week, and, and what do you expect out of the Franklin Lions? Well, the Franklin Lions are a very good football team. You know, I mean, obviously they won the state championship last year, and then uh, no one's beat them since then. So, you know, they're a very good football team. But, but I, I, you know, uh, I, I like my chances. I mean, I, I you know I've seen you know our our district rules uh, requires to exchange every video from the season, and so I've seen every one of their games and, and stuff, and they've seen every one of our games. But uh, I, I mean, I think I mean I like our chances. I think we can play with them. I think, you know, we got to play well, obviously, but I like my chances. All right, Coach. Hey, we appreciate you hopping on here. We uh, wish you all the luck. We hope uh, y'all have a. A great and a, a, a healthy game. Everybody comes out healthy and a best of luck uh, the rest of the season. All right, thank you. And that was Kenny's interview with the head coach of the Cameron Yeoman, Coach Rick Rhodes. Thanks again to Coach Rhodes for joining us on today's show. And now let's look at this game, Kenny. Again, Cameron Yo six and two, Franklin undefeated, number one team in three division one at eight and zero. And again, they're coming off a big win in the battle of the 3A state champions, Lorena, 49-35. This Franklin team is a machine, Kenny. They are, and uh, I'm going to apologize for the Coach Rhodes interview. I, I, that's the first time I really got tongue-tied. I mean, I just really <laughs> think that dude's a great coach. And, and for a guy that when we did the season preview that thought the Battle of the Bell was going to be a spot for, you know, the, the fourth playoff spot, uh, boy, was I wrong. Man, Franklin, they're just – they're Franklin, you know, mm-hmm. and then I, we picked – I picked them. I picked Lorena to win last week, and uh, I was wrong. I probably won't do that again. I'm not going to pick it. Well, I may pick against Franklin today. But you look at uh, Cameron. Man, Braylon Drake, he takes care of the ball. He throws for a ton of yards. He doesn't turn the ball over. Uh, they're special teams. We talked about that in the interview. You know, they, they spent a lot of time on that, and those dudes returning kicks for touchdowns. That's a big reason when they beat Lorena yeah, all the way absolutely. back in week four, week five, whenever that game was. So, and that'll play a huge difference here in this one because both of these defenses really, they're not very good. But no. but both of their offenses are darn good. So I think, I think although their offenses com- contrast completely, you know, Franklin of course likes to run the ball, only throw it when they have to, and Camarillo's is exact opposite. They're they're a little balanced, but it, they'd rather fling it around, and they have the personnel to do so. This is a fascinating matchup, Kenny. I think it'll be a shootout. I do, too. And, uh, you know, 
we talked about it earlier and when we were reviewing last week's game, you know, Bryson Washington and Jaden Jackson, they're going to get their yards. Mm-hmm. And I really think, you know, Braylon Drake's going to throw the ball. And I don't think uh, Franklin's secondary is as good as they want to. And, and, you know, I got a little inside intel for some folks in Franklin. Mm-hmm. They think the first one to 70 is going to win it. They yeah. think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And, and, uh, and it's no knock on the kids. Yeah. Just these offenses are so awesome. And they're just ho- so hard to yeah. contain. And, and even if you look at uh, Cameron, you know, Corey Hardeman and Keyshawn Johnson, Coach Rowe just said these dudes are – they're anchoring this defense and they're, they're studs. But, man, you go against some of these high-powered offenses, it's, it's hard to contain. I mean, Franklin's offense, again, as we mentioned before, it's just a machine. That wing, slot T, old-school offense, whatever you want to call it. It's No one's been able to stop it, Kenny. It's just they've been – and they run it so well. They've been running it since they were in middle school. Mm-hmm. When Coach Mark Fannin took over for the uh, old coach Mike Hedrick after he retired, you know, Coach Fannin had been with Coach Hedrick forever, so he just slid right in. Yeah. Same system, same everything. And in the two years with Coach Fannin at head coach, they've made it to the state championship. And it, it's hard for anyone to argue that they might be there again battling for another state championship. They've just been absolutely dominant all year long. Again, their closest game was that 14-point win over Lorena last week. And especially in the district, they've just been running all over people. But with their defense, that's where the questions are. Same with Yo. I think – I'm not saying Yo's going to be able to score at will, but this will be a high-scoring game. I think it'll <laughs> – first one to 70, that probably really does come into play here. Yeah, and I think if you ask Matt Stepp the same question that we asked him this week, he's probably going to say, yeah, let me see Franklin and Yo one more mm-hmm. time. Uh, yeah, and you know what? I said I wasn't going to pick against Franklin, but I, I'm going to go Cameron Yeo. I have Franklin in this one, so we're, we're, this is the first one we're split on. But, again, with just how explosive both these offensive are and how both defenses have kind of struggled with stopping people. Like Franklin did a good job last week against Lorena. Yes, they held him to 35, but they were opportunistic. They gave their offense – you know, plenty of chances to go out, score points, and win the game, and that's exactly what they did there. They played good enough to win, and as they've done all year, they played good enough to win and just let this Franklin offense roll. And, you know, again, this will be a high-scoring game, but Franklin being at home, yeah, I'll take the Lions in this one. <laughs> but it'll be a great game nonetheless. It will. So now we'll move on to our Week 10 Pickums. What are the standings after Week 9? Mr. We got, uh, let me flip my big black notebook. So you are at 92. Mm-hmm. Mr. J. Black is at 89. And I'm at 90. We had a great week. J. and I, not so well. So you, you picked up a lot of, you did really well. I'm surprised it's my first year in this whole media thing, and I'm just killing it <laughs> in the pickums. But this is fun. I like doing this. But. All right, we'll go ahead and get started here. We'll start with the games we covered at the top of the show. Grandview at Whitney. I'm going to stick with my gut here. I'll take the Zebras in a two-score affair at Wildcat Stadium. Ooh, you and I have the Zebras. Mr. J. Black is going Wildcat. I like it. I'll change ours now. But, no, we'd be homers, but that's okay. Lexington at Rogers. In the Battle of the Eagles, who do you and Mr. Black have? We got Lex. I have Lexington as well. Rosebud Lot at Marlin. I'll take Marlin at home. Well, we got Marlin across the board. And then the Mark Panthers at the Dawson Bulldogs. Who do y'all got? Well, I got Mark. Mr. Black has Mark. And Mr. Fox has Mark. Midway at Pflugerville Weiss. Interesting matchup here. I'm going to take Weiss at home. You and Mr. Black have Weiss, and I'm going to go with the old Fighting Andersons. Cleburne at Waco. I mean, this Waco team has been struggling a lot lately. They're, they're pretty much down to their fifth-string quarterback. as They they moved their, their freshman starter from the last few weeks down to the freshman team. And now their starting receiver, which is now – which is pretty much the best athlete on the team, is now going to be starting at quarterback. They've only scored 16 points entirety throughout district. And Cleburne, although they are 0-9, they've scored, I believe, 60, 70 points throughout district. I'm going to pick Cleburne to get their first one of the year. You know what? Uh, this was a hard one for me because yeah. I, I call this the battle of discount tire. <laughs> we live in the middle of Cleburne and Waco. And That's where I get my tires. Where I want to get my tires. At. I want to go to Cleburne and get them or Waco. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go Cleburne and Mr. Black's going Waco. 
Then Midlothian at Colleen Ellison. Panther's going to roll here, Kenny. Yeah, we all got Midlow. Then University at Pflugerville Connolly. Again, this will be a Thursday night game. Who do you all got here? You know what? I'm not going to pick against the Trojans. No way. Mr. Black the same way. I'll take the U-Dogs of University High School. That's what they call themselves. But they're Trojans, right? The U-Dogs. Well, yeah, but they say U-Dogs. Oh, okay. They call, or they call themselves the U. It's been fun because uh-huh. we visit, um, myself, Darren Burrow, my broadcast partner, we visit with Coach Laster on campus every Monday every Monday morning. It's fun, dude, especially this week. You could just feel, like, the buzz around campus. Just the, it, it just feels different, man. And he, Coach Laster talked about that as well. It's just big things are happening in university. It's a great, great deal for that South Waco community. Yep. I'm, I'm going to take the Trojans on the road. Godley at Hillsboro. Who do y'all got in this one? Well, we're going to stay in Hill County. Me and Mr. Black, we got Hillsboro. I, I got Hillsboro as well. Eagles across the board. Gatesville at Robinson. I think Gatesville gets the bounce back win here, Kenny. Yeah, we're all uh, Gatesville. Little River Academy at Rockdale. Who do y'all got? I'm going LRA. Jay's going Rockdale. I'm going to go with the Bumblebees of Little River Academy. And then the last game from the ones we mentioned at the top, Cameron Yo at Franklin. I'll stick with Franklin at home, Kenny. Uh, I got Yo, and Mr. Blast got Franklin. So. And then Frank. an interesting battle for a playoff spot here. Elkhart at Clifton. And who, you know... Well, after the first week, and after watching their scrimmages, I thought, hey, Frank, uh, Clifton, they got something. They can run the ball, but, mm-hmm. man, they've been on hard times. I think they're a year behind. Yeah, and I think that they can make a two-game run here mm-hmm. and make the playoffs. So, I'm going to go with Clifton, and Mr. Black's going to Elkhart. I'm going to go with the Cubs of Clifton. Raul Vista at Itasca. Who do you have in this one? Man, this is a tough one because yeah, if I you agree. look at Raul Vista or Itasca's schedule – they don't lose by a lot, you know. They should, they should they could potentially be three and one or, or two and two in district. They're zero and four. Uh, Mr. Blasco and Itasca, I'm going to go Itasca also. I'm going to go with Rio Vista or Rio Vista. God, I I keep mixing it up because I know the locals say Rio Vista, but everyone else says Rio. I'm just going to I'm just going to stick with the locals here, Rio Vista. But yes, I do have the Eagles taking this one. Then another fun matchup in Class 2A, Granger at Milano. Man, we had that district where they were all playing each other mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, Chilton kind of wrote the, the cream mm-hmm. of the crop. Yep. Uh, I'm going Granger. Mr. Blast going Milano's Pizza. <laughs> I'm going to take Granger at this one, especially off the strength of their running game. And then our final game for the Week 10 Pickums, we had the Colleen Kangaroos. Playing the Colleen Shoemaker Grey Wolves. I will take shoe in this one. I think we're shoe across the board. And that is the Week 10 Pick'ems. Honestly, uh, looking at the slate, like, from the... Just, like, without digging too deep into it, I thought this week's games were going to be kind of meh. And after, you know, diving a bit deeper into them, there's a lot riding on a lot of these games, Kenny. Okay, so if you didn't have to go call your game, which what game would oh, you go watch? Gosh, I love offense. Love offense. So I'd probably have to go with that Yo Franklin game. I think you're right, yeah. I think Yo Franklin. And then uh, if you just want to go watch two teams, you know, just fighting for a playoff bid, I want to go watch that Clifton Elkhart game and mm-hmm. just, you know, see how that rolls. That may not be exciting. I know. Clifton really ran the ball well early in the year. I don't know if they've got injuries. We haven't talked to Coach over there since week one. Yeah. Week two. But, yeah, you know, it's like Curtis said, you know, there's quality games here, mm-hmm. just not the quantity that we had last week. And but, next week we got a lot of good ones. Yeah, but you look back at last week, that's a once-in-a-year mm-hmm. sort of thing. Like, you, you don't get a slate like that every week, especially – I mean, again, we talked about last week. When's the last time two defending state champions – and two different classifications were playing each other for district championships. Yep, I mean, that's yep. just insane. But that's just how big last week was. And all those games lived up to the billing. But, again, the games this week, they're going to be great. I mean, there's a lot of games for district championships this week, too. It's its going to be fun. But, again, uh, great great slate of games. But, yeah, I'd probably go with Cameron Young and Franklin if I wasn't calling the game for university. 
Although, that will be a Thursday night game, but this weekend I'm going to go out of town and see some buddies I haven't seen since before football started, so... But I'm going to College Station. College Station High and A&M Consolidated are playing each other, and that's a big rival There's game. There's nothing wrong with that. You can go swing by and watch a little football. Give I, us a report. I, ju- I just might. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see because these next two days are going to be really, really long. But we'll see. But, again, that'll do it for us as this was episode 11 already, Kenny. This has been fun. Week 10. Preview and a little bit of week nine review at the top of the show as well. Special thanks to our guests for today's show. Curtis Quillen, the sports director at KCEN Channel 6 over in Temple. Thanks again to the head coach of the Rosebud Lock Cougars, Coach Brandon Hicks, and then Coach Rick Rhodes of the Cameron Yo Yeoman. And thanks again to Matt Stepp for his weekly question of the week. And once again, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening, everybody. And for Kenny Heath, I'm Ryan Fox. Enjoy week 10 of the Texas high school football season.